Well, I, I think we're live. We're live on YouTube and on on Twitter, but uh, LinkedIn it seems to be creating a problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hello, Twitter and YouTube. It's uh, Dave Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, podcast, where we talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses. Today, we got Jared Krause back. How are you doing today, Jared? Good. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I'm envious of the tan. You're obviously seeing more of the sun than I am. I'm in the water every day. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty regular for me to be. Actually, I started peeling the other day because I yeah. have too much sun. Yeah. Well, all right. So in a few weeks' time, we're going to have more sun here. So I'll have to start working on that too. It's warming up now over there, right? <laughs> well, it's minus 20 today. It's got the flannel on. So <laughs> Jared, uh, you've been on my show before. Uh, in fact, I put down the show notes, a link to your 2019 appearance. It was back in June. So really almost two years ago now, since you've last been on my channel. Um, and we were talking about online businesses. Of course, you're the host of buying online businesses podcast. And I wanted to, I invited you here today because you were the guest speaker for this month in the Business Buyer Adventure Group Coaching Program, where we talked at length about how COVID had affected what was going on in the market for, for these online businesses. Um, I wanted to talk about something a little bit different today because in my broader YouTube audience, uh, I have a lot of people, and I know this through their emails and whatnot, a lot of people who are starting out who are looking at ways to, to build up their nest egg, to get the money together, maybe to do a big business deal one day. And I often get asked about the opportunities to kind of do smaller deals. And I thought, you know what, one thing that online businesses don't have are business hours, right? Where, where you have to be open. And so I'm wondering, do you work with a lot of people who end up looking for an opportunity in the online world for some kind of like side hustle that they can get into while they keep their regular nine to five? Yeah, it's what people uh, don't want to do is they, they want to not work anymore. Most people come to me and like, I'm overworking. Like I don't like my job or I just don't want to trade my time for hours, uh, trade my money, um, my time for money. Sorry. And so it's a great question. Like, uh, a lot of people are wanting to, and this is what exactly what I did is buy a, a business, a smaller business that they can spend two to five hours a week, maybe 10 hours a week on it. Mm -hmm. They're really, really hungry. They could spend 10 to 20 hours or 10 to 15 or 20 hours a week on it and grow that whilst they're still working. And what I tell people to do, and I just released a YouTube video um, just this weekend, uh, that's, that sort of just highlights why you should not quit your job. Uh, straight away because what happens is when people quit their job they say jared i've quit my job i'm going to come and you know work with you and, and help you um get you to teach me to buy a business and i say well i don't want to work with you because you just quit your job and what happens with that is you've built up this even though you might have capital there mm -hmm. you're still not earning an income and what happens is we end up building this tension this um stress right yeah yeah put financial pressure on ourselves because like well well, we've been sitting here looking for a business. As you know, it takes time. And then you build up this, this stress and pressure and you can end up buying a deal that's not a good investment. So I think it's always best for people to buy uh, a business, a small business, whilst they're still working and build that business up to a certain point until it's making more 
or cl close enough um, income to what they're earning from their regular job and then quit. So, they so when you when you say when you say a small money making website, what typically is an entry point that you see? Is this sometimes something that's just making a few thousand dollars every month? Yeah. So if something's making say a thousand dollars a month, it's making about twelve grand a year. So that site's going to sell for about thirty six thousand dollars. So around forty thirty six to forty thousand dollars. Okay. Uh, so this is where most of my clients start out is is around the forty like. 30 to $70,000 price range. Uh, and then as they scale, they start to buy bigger businesses, either sell the one they've already got, put their capital and the, and the money they made from the sale into a bigger purchase, um, or they save whilst they're working as well. So you can get started and cut your teeth on smaller businesses. You can buy something for say $15,000 that's making, you know, a couple of hundred dollars a month. Uh, but you do, the reason I tell people not to go there if they're wanting to replace their income is because they're just putting, there's a lot of work that goes into building. Yeah. Up. So when you talk about somebody buying uh, an online money-making website and you talk about them doing work to grow it, but what, what does that look like? What are people doing? Are they trying to find places to get their uh, you know links to their website? Are they working on like social media accounts related to the website? What types of things are people mostly doing when they're trying to work and build up these uh, these online websites? So this is a great question, and we could talk at length about this. Uh, but I like to stick to the, the ideology that we have principles, we have strategies, and we have tactics. Most people want to learn the tactics, but the tactics change all the time with the environment and how Google changes, whether they want links or what type of links and whether we should, how we should write our articles and... Um, what we should be doing with that digital marketing if we own an e-commerce business. So I don't like to teach too much um, tactical stuff, but I like to teach the principles and the strategy around building an online business mm -hmm. once I purchase it. And people that buy an online business, normally they graduate to my mastermind and we go through the process of strategy and, and how would you grow this business? And the main thing to think about is not like where the, you know, people look for the low hanging fruit and the quick wins and all that sort of stuff. I don't, if it's a short-term approach or a short-term quick win, I don't like to look at that. What I like to do is I like to make the business far less risky. And how I do that is I look at where there could be single source dependency on traffic or revenue, uh, and then de-risk the business by adding another traffic channel in. Uh, and it, that could be email, uh, that could be Pinterest, that could be another search engine. Uh, it could be YouTube or whatever it is. Uh, so I look at how to de-risk the business and often that de-risking strategy ends up being a growth strategy as well and grows the business. So you have not just trying to pull some money quickly out of the business, but you're de-risking the business, which means it's going to be a better long-term investment. And over time, you're still going to have a great growth strategy. So to flick out a few tactical things is or, or strat strategic is de-risk the business um, away from single source dependency on traffic and single mm -hmm. source dependency on revenue. And that can really help you not just de-risk, but grow the business. Well, and, and uh, I think it's I think it's great that, that you presented in that way about how you can think about the source of the traffic to the site being like a single source of, you know, sending people over. Mm. I mean, this is something that every business has always struggled with back before there was even an internet. 
If you yep. were getting all of your businesses, all of your referrals, all your leads from one place, and one of the first things people would think of is, well, how do I get other sources, you know, other cha marketing channels um, for sending sending people my way? And you know, it it's it, I, I think I, I said in a in a in a YouTube video a couple months ago, I, I said there's no such thing as an online business; it's just business. It's just where it happens to yeah. be conducted, you know. Yeah. And and so. If someone, you know, let's talk a little bit more about this market for for online businesses for these small ones. Um, do you see a lot of people buying these smaller online properties, and and the transaction moves them from one country to another? Yeah, uh, Ian, who is a client, he started our program end of last year, end of twenty twenty, and he bought a business within a few months, uh, and it's making about two and a half a grand a month and uh he exited his brick and mortar business and he's like i want to buy you know i want to i've sold a cleaning business i want to buy an online business so i can travel and within two months of him owning the business he's in mexico and um we're doing our coaching calls in mexico because he's in the mastermind and stuff so yeah people that's big motivation for people is like being able to have location independence because like you said like you don't need to sit at your computer for a certain set period of hours per day. Mm. Uh, you can go, all right, I'm going to be traveling. So I'm going to do a bunch of work whilst I'm traveling and on the plane or whatever it is, and then upload and do things when I, when I get there and then I can have time to adventure, which is what I did for about a year and a half, two, two years um, with, I had, I had multiple businesses as I was doing that. So, it is a big draw card, that's for sure. So the you described the progression of somebody starting off small, maybe while they keep their job, and then they grow that business and they get into something um, something bigger. I mean, was there a certain point in the last couple of years where suddenly the availability of some of these online businesses started to grow? Uh, because I know from from my own experience, it seemed like when the internet started to go and and I, I think there's two different categories of businesses online. There's your Facebooks and these like these super mega multi-billion dollar companies. But then there really are the main street businesses online where somebody is online selling some product and they're earning themselves $100,000 a year. And year over year, they have some growth, but they're not quadrupling every year, for example. It, it really is sort of a, a mom and pop small business. Was there a certain point where you the 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 number of these things just started to flourish and, and created this opportunity for what you're doing now? Uh, that's a great question. And I, I don't think I've been thinking been. about questions all day, Jared. Yeah, I love it. You're, you've got some good ones. That's for sure. <laughs> and it's like, it's what Tony Robbins says, the quality of your question determines the, the quality of your life. So good on you. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the market has grown. But it hasn't been like it hasn't gone to like a point and just gone crazy up. Mm. Uh, there has been like hockey stick growth in terms of that. It's been pretty steady. And what I've, I've noticed is that it's not so much more businesses out there for sale. It's more people wanting to buy these businesses. Which is why I mean it's over twenty. We we talked about this in our um, when I was in the in your mastermind. Uh, then it's twenty twenty. 
had a huge effect on a lot of people in the world that like, well, how am I going to earn income? And most people have the perception I oh, to make money, you know, on my own, I need to start a business. A lot of people are cluing on. That's like, wow, I can buy a business. Mm. And that's where a lot of people are like, well, I could just buy a business and there's the demand for uh, online businesses to purchase has gone up, which has created a lot like people really need to be great uh, buyers and attractive. I call them being an attractive buyer to win over the seller to become the preferred purchaser for that business amongst everybody else that's wanting to purchase it. Uh, so that's what I've noticed for sure. And and so you mentioned twenty, like, and we talked about this at, in, at length when you were in the um, in the adventure group as a guest speaker. But mm-hmm. the what changed was with the demand is the multiples for these businesses went up. Now you've explained to me several times before that often pricing for these online businesses is done as multiples per month. But uh, before twenty twenty, when you translated that into annual multiples, it pretty did much did match sort of the pricing of regular Main Street businesses. It was just expressed in a different way. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to talk about that monthly profit be, because a lot of these businesses are new and they're growing and they're changing quite quickly. What sort of regularity are you looking for when you're looking at these businesses as far as that performance every month? Are, are people really having these, you know, sort of all over the place, haphazard performances and then trying to pick the best one to price their business? Is there any real regularity to a lot of this stuff? Like what, what do you typically see? It depends on the business model. Uh, it really does. The only, um, the, the businesses that are green and new and under a year or two old, they do have that haphazard massive spikes in income and, and then they can have it like, you know, they put a lot of work in at the start and they realize, like, oh, cool, we're making a good income and they like, you know, slow back their growth strategies and they can see, you can see it dip a little bit. Um, after a certain period of time, a business, you know, being running is you can, you can start to see the stability level out. I often see uh, with the business models such as like content and media businesses like uh, content websites, affiliate links and ads, they're pretty stable. I also see the stability of membership businesses and SaaS websites pretty stable. Mm-hmm. Uh, e-commerce businesses would be more volatile uh, because ad platforms change quite rapidly uh, in their algorithm and how they put ads in front of people. And also people <laughs> aren't the best at budgeting with their ad spend as well. And that can have a, a you know a few um, ups and downs. But across the board, we work out an average monthly net profit over 12 months usually and then we will value the business based off that i would imagine with e-commerce sort of product driven businesses you know sort of holidays and everything would would play a big impact in the performance of those businesses just like a retail shop. Yeah. yeah 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 okay and and so what i mean what are you expecting for this year we've now we've got vaccine rollouts and we've got a lot of people are hopeful for a return to the the way that things used to be before the pandemic. Um, are you seeing any sort of let up in the demand that you're describing starting to kick in or, or is the cat out of the bag that this is an opportunity that a lot of people are going to want to pursue? I think uh, still people in the world are still sort of playing catch up and 
really realizing that like, wow, long period of time that I've had to spend at home or not earn an income uh, or a long period of time that I've now I've worked from home, right? Like they may be sent at home to work from home and they're like, you know, it's, it's been hard with the kids, but once we work at the start, but once we've worked out a good routine, I can spend t- more time with my family and I can work the hours that I want to work. And I think it's just been very attractive that more, it's just embedded that, um, that willingness and that wantingness within people that have had this happen to them to go, well, how can I do this when they try and force me to go back into the office? Like how mm-hmm. can I, how can I work out how I can have an income stream or, or work online and whether it's with this company or not. So I think it's still there. I think the growth of our space isn't slowing down at all. Like the multiples just keep rising because the, there's more buyers and that means that more sellers are like, wow, this is a great time to sell my business. So it's still growing, but it's just not that hockey stick growth. Now, you know, in, in a regular business acquisition deal, of course, uh, there's often a business location and, you know, there's paperwork and all kinds of stuff and due diligence can really, you know, get into the weeds where people are seeing a lot of different things and, and, and you can, there's a lot to look at. And one of the things that's always fascinated me about these online businesses is that where everything is kind of in a virtual place, it's all data and, and electronic files and things like this. Does it, in your opinion, does it make due diligence more complicated because there's a greater opportunity somebody could, you know, make stuff up or, or you can have some like fraudulent data points of some kind? I think it's easier because okay. the transparency, you, yeah, you can have people that will send screenshots. It's like, this is how much the business is making and they could edit them and, and stuff like that. Or And some brokers will send over a profit and loss statement, which is just an Excel sheet with a bunch of numbers. But if you're a smart buyer, you know what questions to ask and you know what you need to get access to. So getting viewers access of a business's merchant account uh, is vital. And if you know what to ask for and you know what to look for, you can verify things without you, you know, too much skin off the previous um, owner's nose. Is like, if say if I own a Shopify business, right, and I'm selling a Shopify business to you, you can come to me and say, hey, Jerry, can I look at, you know, can I get viewers access of your whole business, your Shopify account? And you can look in there and see like, all right, how many, how many products is he actually selling? and convert and, you know, relay that over to the profit loss statement and look at like how many are getting returned. And you can just really get so much data uh, without having to, you know, rip apart somebody's business (laughs) to get it. Well, it's, it's, you know, whenever I talk about due diligence, I always talk about third party data and third party confirmation. And so that's exactly what you're describing is because someone else has used, for example, the Shopify tool to build their whole thing. It means that Shopify, who really doesn't have any interest in the deal, I mean, they're, they've got their own thing going on. Well, the data that they are hosting and can show you is, you know, it's like, um, you know, if somebody is buying a bar and you live in a state or a province where everyone has to buy liquor from the government liquor agency, you know, once you get the purchase record data, now you know what the purchases were. And that information isn't going to be, you know, able to be defrauded or what have you. It comes from that from that other party. So that. This has been great. I know you have to run, Jared, and I, I wanted to thank you for making time to come and see us. 
How can people find you online if they want to listen to more information and, and hear stories of people who've done the online business acquisition? Yeah, to hear stories about clients that I've worked with, we've got lots of people that have bought businesses, lots of interviews that I've done of case studies. Uh, their best, if, if we're on YouTube right now, just jump onto YouTube and, uh, and type in my name uh, or buying online businesses and I should pop up and then um, you can scroll down to the bottom um, one of the playlists and see um, the case studies of clients that are doing stuff and then test out, you know, if you like my what I'm saying and, and my content, you can check that out. Um, and if you've got questions, then you can just reach out via comments or email me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jared. Thank it's you. great seeing Thank you me. again. Yeah, you have too, a, David. Have a great night or, or I guess a morning there in Australia. Yeah, enjoy your evening and I look forward to chatting again soon. I'm sure it'll be soon. <laughs> All right. And remember, everyone, if, if you're interested in buying and selling businesses, then you should be taking the time to get onto my email list. Uh, sign up at davidcbarnettlist.com. I send something out almost every day. And uh, often it's stories of you know things that I've come across in the day-to-day -day consulting work that I do with clients out there, just like you guys. So sign up. We'll see you later. Don't forget to hit subscribe and hit the like button uh, on YouTube because it really does help the algorithm show the content to other people. Thanks, man. Thank you.